Hey, welcome back to another episode of Mama's Morning Cup podcast. Um, so Mama's Morning Cup has been, is it safe to say on the air, on the internet? I don't know, streaming for two years now. I did not do a celebration though, but if you would like to celebrate um, with me, come on into the Mama's Morning Cup Facebook group. Um, you can look it up by Mama's Morning Cup for Busy Women. Be glad to have you. Um, also, if you'd like to support the show, there's a link in the show notes or the show description called, uh, it says, buy me a cup of coffee or buy me a coffee, something you'll see. You'll see the link um, to buy me a coffee. You know, I love to have my coffee. Um, again, funny story. I actually stopped drinking coffee for three weeks. I was really sick, um, caught some kind of virus, and then it turned into bronchitis and had a lingering cough for about, I don't know, three, four weeks. And sometimes I go out in the cold air, which is like every day because this is Michigan, and I'll keep coughing. Um, but yeah, so during that time, I stopped drinking coffee. Can you believe it? I was drinking like a lot of water and um, tea, of course, had my husband. He made me some like of his Haitian concoction of ginger tea, which really helped my cough. Um, Yeah, so now I'm back to drinking coffee and it's been what, like three days now. And oh my God, like I tried to drink it when I was sick and I did not like it. But now I'm like, yes, give me all the coffee, please. So if you would like to support the show and celebrate two years of Mama's Morning Cup, buy me a coffee. I would love it. Um, Yeah, so let's get into what we're actually going to talk about today. Hey there, I am Quinn Minier, board certified case manager specializing in behavioral health turned host of Mama's Morning Cup podcast. I am a mama of a thousand kids that loves to encourage and inspire fellow mamas to fill their cups with intention. You can find me most days wearing leggings and reading a good book. On this podcast, I am here to remind busy mamas that you are not alone in this journey we call motherhood. I share behind the scenes stories of my chaotic household tips, and tools to help you live intentionally in the areas of health, family, career, and inspiration to prevent burnout by creating intentional living. The topics on this podcast are based on my personal and professional experience, empowerment, along with my opinions and views of this world. And you can also hear from other moms who will inspire us through their motherhood journeys. So grab your morning cup and let's dive in. So as you know, I have been coaching kids at an elementary school for um, academic intervention. Over the past few months, I have started to think about how behind some of these children are academically and also how hard teachers have it dealing with difficult behaviors all day long. 
first off, let's give some praise to the teachers because they don't get the credit that they deserve or the pay. The school I work at has some of the most amazing teachers and they are so dedicated to the learning process of their students. So I just want to give them praise first off. The fact that the schools have intervention teams is pretty amazing as well also. So in a nutshell, what I do is help kids who have um, fallen behind grade level with reading intervention. Some of my intervention groups exceed grade level and are put in small groups because they need more complex stories and instruction and literacy. So of course, me being an avid reader, this was the perfect opportunity to help young minds. So when I say we are, are we failing our kids? I want to talk about a few different areas I have noticed, not only in the educational setting, but also out in the community. Are we failing our kids? Let's go back to education for a minute. A few of the groups I do intervention with were affected by COVID. They were either in kindergarten when you learn to read or they were in lower elementary school. They were forced to do virtual schooling or weren't able to start schooling on time. At this time, everyone, teachers, parents, the world was stretched thin and scrambling to keep up with not only our jobs, but personal lives as well. I know I was thrown into homeschooling with the curriculum sent from the school. I monitored my then third grader while she did assignments and her teacher did an amazing job of doing Google Meets throughout the day. So looking at these students, they may not have had the luxury of a parent who was able to set, I'm not even going to say luxury. They may not even had a parent who was able to stay at home to help them succeed. Many of the parents were essential workers at the time. I will be completely honest. Some of the kids in upper elementary struggle with basic phonetic sounds. I am helping them with a kindergarten curriculum. I had a child uh, tell me one day when I first started that they didn't own books at home. They weren't allowed. Yes, you heard that right. Why are we not allowing children access to books? That has been on my mind for months. These children light up when I allow them to explore the school's library shelves. We do the curriculum for reading mastery, comprehension worksheets, and questions daily. But something about watching a child's face light up when they find a book that they can actually read? Man, how can we help with this? Glad you asked. Incorporating literacy in your home. Literacy can be sounding out recipes while you're cooking 
looking at signs in your neighborhood and reading them by using the sounds and then blending the sounds together to form the word. Bedtime stories where you read to your child and also allowing them to help you read the stories. Um, the I Can Read books are great and are based on a reading level. My five-year-old is on the level one books. Um, he has already exceeded a kindergarten level before the end of the school year. So like um, the end of kindergarten, children should be able to read 30 words per minute. And my son is at like 50 words per minute, but you know who his mom is, you know? So, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't use that as an example, but it's the point is they're based on grade level. So even if you have a really strong reader, you can get books based on that level, but still be teaching um, the more advanced uh, level of reading where there's, I've learned so much, y'all. There's like the blends, the digraphs, and all those things. But anyway, we are our children's first teachers. If we help our children at home with literacy skills, this helps not only your child, but also the teacher when they go to evaluate your child in literacy. Believe it or not, but a child can be retained in the current grade level for the next year based on literacy and comprehension scores. This is because if they can't progress with comprehension, it affects state tests, school testing, math problems, and all the rest of the subjects. They won't understand what they are reading and fall behind. And that's the worst. Um, I know as a kid, we stayed at the library and went to bookmobiles, which I haven't seen in years. I don't know if they're even still around. My mom is an avid reader as well. So she had myself, my sister, and brother who all read to this day at the library so much. I promise it feels like we were there weekly. We can model reading even if it's just the newspaper if people still read them. The point is to model what we want our children to do. Put it on your calendar and make the time. That's the beauty of literacy. Exploring the local library, which is free, can help with the development of our children. This past midwinter break, I took my two youngest to the library that is in our new community, and they had so much fun for two hours. They play games on PBS Kids' website. Um, I will link in the show notes this website, which is awesome. They browse books, played in the children's area, and also got their first library cards in their own names. They even ask, can they come back soon? Talk about planting a seed. I know socioeconomic factors play into education. As unfair as it is, schools are underfunded when they are in urban areas, public versus private schools, and then there's charter schools who receive different funding. Parents may not have extra funds for new books, and that's why I suggest taking advantage of free resources. Libraries 
They also have story time. Just check their websites. There's free online tools like PBS Kids, um, ABC Mouse Costs, but you may be able to get a trial. Um, I know often adults struggle with reading as well, so I'm not going to act as if, you know, you can help your child based on your own reading skills. Um, but let's break those generational traumas. Uh, at first childhood experiences and educational barriers for our babies. If there are socioeconomic factors in your life and you just don't know where to start, schools have social workers or a liaison um, who works closely with parents and the students. If you suspect your child has a developmental delay and needs further evaluation and or testing, the first contact is your primary care physician. Let them know if they haven't already suspected in your child's well-child appointments. They can put a referral in with either a psychologist who does evals or a neurologist who does neuropsychological evaluations. Check with your insurance carrier as well, or even if you have state Medicaid plan um, for the payment of this. I know here in my city, these tests can cost upwards of $500 if paid out of pocket. This sounds scary, but it's not. It, it's literally a series of tests and questions with half of them being done by you on paper. Depending on age, there may be some playing and monitoring done. Their report will give insight on if insights inside insight on if the child is delayed developmentally and if so what areas i'm not going to go into all of this right now but i will in the future um i see so many children who benefit from even adhd evaluations there's nothing wrong with this either we all learn differently and have different needs it's up to us to get help for ourselves and our children a lot of communities also have literacy centers. So literacy is not only reading, it's also writing and comprehension. So check into a literacy center. And also like um, if you're an ESL learner um, or have a language barrier, there's also places that have the ESL. Um, a lot of churches have that. Um, there's the community centers that have those and schools. So check into that as well. Um, <laughs> let's do our part of getting our kids' education being a priority. They are our future. The next area I want to talk about that I am seeing and experiencing having children of different ages and being a blended family is discipline. Yep. Let's go there. Are people not disciplining their children anymore? Girl, let me tell you. When I came into the school system, I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Who are you talking to like that? Some of these kids out here don't have any respect for adults, like authority or even themselves. They will argue with you like you're their little friend. Like my elders always said, I am not one of your little friends. And <laughs> y'all have no idea. 
I have said that so many kids, they don't do that stuff no more. I do not play with you. Um, discipline and setting expectations start at home. If we allow our kids to get away with disrespectful behavior, this will also give them permission outside of the home to disrespect others. This does no one any favors. Think about their future. How can they get further academically in the workplace when they're older and in society if they don't understand discipline? I mean, these kids in schools cuss, push others, and not even care. Blatantly disrespect adults and say they don't care to your face. What happened to the village raising kids? Or even telling kids that you'll tell their parents and actually minding this. The kids nowadays just say, so, call her. She doesn't care. What? Parents, we are failing our kids if we don't act while they're young. I'm not talking about go outside and get me a switch off the tree discipline. Do people still do that? I don't want to know. Um... I hope not. (laughs) As a parent, you set the expectations and the ground rules. As children get older, the expectations will change, but they are still there. Some of the main rules I have in my home is that everyone in the home does their part. This means there are chores. There are curfews. I need to know where you are. Communication is key and turn off my doggone lights. My older kids are expected to share their location on their iPhones. Point blank period. I also expect them to communicate schedules with me. Remember the previous episode where I said we have a family calendar? Well, I am teaching them that if you can't communicate your needs, it will be harder to get those needs met. I mean, this is for my teenagers more or less and my five-year-old isn't writing his own needs on a calendar of course but he is communicating when he needs a hug or time with his mama one of my children struggles with growing up and wanting independence and it's a battle sometimes but I still enforce it if you can't respect my rule of asking for permission then you won't be doing extra activities. My number one consequence is taking something away, using a cell phone or TV or something they actually value. The reward is removed. These new kids, as I call them, act like they're dying without electronics. Um, My husband is not much of a disciplinarian. That's more my lane. Some people view it as controlling, but I view it as training a child the way they should go. Also, if they can't respect their parents' home, good luck when they find a partner. Remember when we were kids and we had to be home before the streetlights came on? We spoke when we walked into a room. We had to take the chicken out before our mama came home. What happened to those days? I mean, I would still wait until she pulled into the driveway for the chicken, but still. But we were most likely latchkey kids. I was in a single parent home 
And I think my level of thinking and training in learning independence was instilled very early. Let's set our kids on the path of learning home training. So when they are in the educational setting, community setting and work setting when they're able because they need it. Giving them home training also helps them take feedback without breaking down. This says a lot of the social, emotional health of our kids too. I would love to have an expert on this subject on the show. Um, and if you're an expert, please email me because I want to talk about this. Um, there's a lot of social, emotional things going on with kids that I'm seeing in the school systems. Um So anyway, so my question remains, are we failing our kids in some aspects? I think kids are growing up too fast and there's a lack of structure. The internet is raising some of these kids. I also think on the flip side that we are doing the best we can with what we have. I'm going to include some resources in the show notes for you. I also want to let you know that I get it. We are trying to survive sometimes and finding that perfect balance or work and life integration so we can pour more into our children. (sighs) Boy, do I know. I have multiple children and each of them has a different love language and needs. Seriously, parenting is trial and error. You may never figure it out, but as long as you try to raise good humans That's all right by me. I want to revisit this topic again soon. I also invite you to send me a message at info at quinnminier.com. So that's info at Q-U-I-N-N-M-E-N-I-E-R.com. And let me know your thoughts on this episode. Digest this. Ask yourself hard questions. And evaluate if your kids are getting the tools they need. Don't forget to hit subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts so I can reach more women in the motherhood arena. Your reviews really matter with the algorithms. Until next time, have a good day and go ahead and live that intentional life you love and deserve. Thank you for listening to Mom's Morning Cup. Hit the follow button. Do it next time. Bye.